Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, I gotta tell you, this week I've got to move real quickly for you because there is so much to talk about. And if you haven't been watching some of the headlines, they've been going crazy about articles in uh, and about real estate. Uh, later in the hour, I'm gonna have Romana King uh, join me from Vancouver. I, want, I do want to talk about that market because sometimes we mirror mirror that market every once in a while. And uh, we're gonna talk about what's going on out there because. Uh, some interesting stuff. Sounds like the NDP government sounds just like the liberal government here. And uh, let's just tax everybody to death. Why not? Uh, and later, I'm going to have the former TREB president join me, Mr. Larry Sirqua. Um, and we're going to have a great conversation and talking about the market, what's going on, and hey, if you want to become a realtor. But first, let me, uh, let me start covering some of this week's headlines. How about the fact that the new levies the government is pushing for uh, development? Okay, so I know everybody normally wants to beat up on developers and they want to say, oh, those guys make a potload of money. And why are they canceling things? Because what, they didn't make enough money? How about the fact that within a year, the uh, the builders will turn around and have to pay an extra 25000 in development charges to the government? Right now, they're going to be earmarking a huge increase um, for developers. And the overall price... Here's what they pay. So if you are buying a $600,000 condo right now, the developers are almost paying $140,000 to the government for development charges. That's right. Almost 25% of that entire project is designated for the government. And so when you hear some of our government officials saying, oh, but we want to make everything affordable, guess what? They sure as beep are not doing their job. Now, again, in the news this week, I'm pretty sure you heard a little bit of a flip-flop. I was a little surprised Doug Ford pulled back on his idea that he's going to do some development of green space. But sure enough, uh, Kathleen Wynne stepped up to the plate and said, oh, I'm going to increase the amount of green space we have. Now, I get it, everybody, kumbaya, let's save the forest. But we have to be serious about development. And are we making areas green space that really shouldn't be? Is it because we're just trying to create, you know, I don't know, extra little bit of parkland? I'm not saying that we have to be a concrete jungle, but right now, if inventory truly, truly is the issue and inventory is being taxed to death, um, we've got a problem. And for all the millennials uh, that are involved trying to buy properties, I think you need to take a hard look at the current governing body and say, okay, you know what? You talk a good game, but you sure are not delivering what we need. And that would be affordable housing and allow builders to develop. Okay, this one's, it's a tough one. And I'm telling you that talking to some of the developers in the industry, they're saying, hey, Todd, listen, this is, this is crazy. We cannot even guess what they're going to slap us with next. So can you imagine, you know, a year and a half ago, there's a developer who says, okay, listen, I'm going to sell these, uh, these condominiums out. We, uh, we get all the sales put together and then they turn around. Government says, no, no, we want an extra $20,000 for each one of those units. But you didn't tell us this when we made our applications. Well, we want it now. And so all of a sudden a 200 unit uh, has to kick up 4 
million. Look, I don't have a problem with builders making money. I think that, you know, they take all the risk and ultimately in the end, you know, they can provide a really good product. But if our government continues to keep pushing back and saying we're going to tax everybody, tax everybody, sooner or later, nobody's going to want to build or the price is going to be so astronomical, you may as well go buy detached. Speaking of this week, of course, latest stats coming out from the Toronto Real Estate Board telling us about what's going on in the market. I'm actually quite impressed. The number um, year over year, so let's weigh April 2017 against April 2018, not as bad as I first thought it would be. Uh, 14.5% decline on the uh, detached properties. And that's the one that, that's the real measuring tape. Right now, they're saying the average uh, detached house in the GTA market is costing 1.3 million, down from 1.5. So there is definitely an adjustment there. We actually thought it might go up a little bit more than that. But month over month, actually, from March to April, prices have slowly crept up, which is a positive thing. Uh, one of the things that we are not going to attribute to these sales, of course, is the foreign buyers. It's actually uh, gone down to about 2.5% of all real estate transactions in the GTA market are thanks to foreign buyers. Now, again, you know, this was one of those things last year before they put in the Fair Housing Act where they wanted to make sure we got everybody in line. They kept saying, okay, it's foreign buyers, foreign buyers, foreign buyers. But again, we talk about perception, and that was the big thing. I think the perception that a foreign buyer was going to buy your house got everybody excited, and this is where the big price push. But $200,000 difference for a detached home. So should you be jumping in the market? When we talk to the millennials, um, you know, one of the things that they're looking for, of course, is they want nice properties. They'd like some affordability. Unfortunately, the government is not helping you there, not the federal government either. With the new stress test, this is what is keeping the market in check. A lot of the financial institutions decided to put a little bit more pressure on interest rates this week. We watched TD take the lead as they always do. They want more profit, good for them, and they jumped up their mortgage rates as well. A couple of the other banks decided to follow suit. I'm just waiting for what happened a few years ago when the Bank of Montreal, BMO, came along. Um, they were they were awesome. They turned around and said, "Forget all you people. We're going to reduce. We're going to we're going to get aggressive. We want the mortgage market." So, um, if anybody's listening there from BMO or maybe CIBC, guess what, folks? There's a huge marketplace that needs mortgages. They're looking for renewals. They're looking for all of it. Uh, whoever decides to flinch first is going to get a lot of business because right now the banks are just worried about profit. They're not worried about you or I. They just keep pushing the numbers up. And even though the Bank of Canada Canada is holding off increasing interest rates because they're afraid of the debt load. That's right. They're taking a hard look at it saying, if we keep increasing interest rates, are we going to put people at risk of not being able to renew their mortgage? Then what happens? Well, you start having people default and you start having a market correction. So I'm not going to say that we're going to have it, but right now we've got to keep a watchful eye on what's going on. But speaking of markets, guess one market that is actually doing very well is the Peterborough market. The inventory is historically low, and so prices seem to be going up. And I think that's a positive thing. You know, some of these outer markets, you'd be surprised. Uh, Peterborough, wonderful, wonderful uh, town, uh, city. And, you know, uh, great uh, great medical uh, facilities there. They've got lots of entertainment, gateway to the Corthas, and uh, great great place to go. And so, again, some of these marketplaces are getting stronger. Just as is London and Windsor, 
they're starting to pick up steam and their prices are very affordable still. And I think that's important that people understand. You uh, you may be looking at it saying, okay, can I commute from Peterborough? No, that's a pretty long haul. But if you're somebody that's kind of in that pseudo-retirement area, you know, Peterborough is uh, right now, I guess, number three in Canada for the people to retire in. Gives you great accessibility still to the GTA. And if you're not far from your cottage, you're all set. So again, some of these markets are looking good. But how about the fact that Ottawa is now Canada's new hot housing market? That's right. As much as we've talked about Ottawa over the years as being very stagnant, kind of a boring place, right now they're seeing some pretty strong numbers coming out of it and their prices continue to increase. So right now Ottawa is taking over, as did Montreal, uh, for Toronto and Vancouver. With Vancouver struggling right now with the government, and I will say it's a struggle. The NDP government, which is a minority, is uh, implementing all sorts of taxes. Uh, they're pushing pushing the uh, the foreign buyers around. Right now, they went from 15 to 20%. Most of you are sitting there saying, that's okay, we don't mind taxing foreign buyers. I agree. But they're also now taxing people more on the price of their homes. They're increasing school taxes. They are turning around saying, if you are not living in the province and paying taxes in the province, even if you're living in Alberta, we're going to tax your property there too, even more. So right now, it seems like there's a massive cash grab going on with an NDP government. And uh, not surprising. We've seen it here in Ontario. Hopefully we do not see that again after the election in June. Now, a couple other things, of course. If prices start to tumble, what's going to happen uh, with, with you yourself if you want to turn around, sell and buy? Well, here's one thing, some piece of advice I'd like to give everybody. Make sure your house is showing pristine if possible make sure you've got it nice and clean do a little bit of staging not too crazy but make sure you make it as big and clean as possible this is what people are looking for they need to be able to walk into your door and feel that they could make it their own and so one of the things that you'll find most professional realtors will advise you is declutter see what you can do about getting a storage locker you know what if you've been there for a long time you kind of go blind so it's better to have a third party your realtor or a uh, home stager come in and tell you what you need to remove remember if the market slows down that means you've got to be the property that everybody wants it's not just about price it's about how a property shows now even though the prices uh, are up month over month down year over year we're going to see probably by the time June rolls around if we're going to be on a steady increase. We have been. Believe it or not, the market is up month over month for the last four months. And even though that contradicts everything that we're saying as far as the most recent numbers, right now we're seeing some, some stuff that's actually changing. So are new home buyers going to get squeezed out? Well, again, Remember, we need more inventory. We've got to be careful on how many levies we start slapping the builders with. We need to encourage them. So my suggestion to the government at this point would be, tell you what, why don't you tell the people what you think the square footage price should be, knock down some of the levies, make it more affordable for them to build, and maybe they can introduce that kind of product back into the public, and then that way we can maybe pick up some extra properties into the marketplace. Right now, we're looking at some cancellations over this past year. Right now, we're about 3,500 units. Hopefully, uh, anybody that has purchased in the last two years that are waiting for the builders to complete their tasks aren't going to be up for a rude awakening. So folks, remember, make sure you run your offers through your lawyers, have them tell you all the clauses, know how builders can get out of these things. Again, education, education, education. You can't stress that enough. 
And speaking of education, when I come back from the break, I've got Romana King, and she is a real estate expert. She is an author. You can read a lot of her articles in Money Sense, and she is out in the West Coast in Vancouver, and I'm going to be talking more about what's going on in the Vancouver market. And a little bit later on in the hour, Larry Serqua is going to be joining me, and he is the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, and uh, we're going to get his take on what's going on. He's now a manager broker at one of the REMAX offices. So stay with us. We'll be back after this. And welcome back. So my next guest is a returning guest. In fact, um, I love having her on. Uh, she is so knowledgeable. And of course, she comes to us from the West Coast and it's Romana King, real estate expert. And Romana, thanks for joining me. Hi, Todd. How are you? Oh, wonderful to have you on the show as usual. And I think last time you and I were uh, chatting, uh, I guess spring had not sprung in Vancouver, but is, is it happening or what's going on? Well, it's finally arrived. And uh, I mean, a lot of people sort of laughed at the idea, but I think a lot uh, weather had a lot to do with the late spring selling market in both Vancouver and Toronto and the GTA and the GBA. So. Taking a look at our numbers in, in the GTA, and, and you and I can chat a little bit uh, with that. I mean, they're, they're not stellar by any stretch, but no. a, a, lot of, a lot of headlines in the news in the last week, and I, I, you know, I wanted to reach out to you for sure, because a lot of stuff going on in the Vancouver, the BC market, and um, can, you, can you kind of give us a breakdown on a few things? I mean, you know, what, what I'm hearing is that your, 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 your prices are, are, are kind of rocky right now, and definitely your volume's down. So yeah, I guess the stats of April, really yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last month's transactions were down almost by 30% year over year. So that's a, I mean, that's a third of the market that's just been, that's, you know, disappeared from one year to the next uh, in the greater Vancouver area. That's massive. The fact that prices haven't actually come down, um, it's not even they're matching. They're slightly, they're rising just slightly. Um, it shows us that there's still demand, but I think they, the demand and the sellers or the buyers and the sellers haven't quite met. Um, I think there's going to be more to come in the summer because with so many, so so few transactions compared to last year. At some point, there's going to be a price correction. One of the things that we noticed, um, both in, in Greater Vancouver area and Toronto, is that there seems to be sort of like um, a, a, almost a pregnant um, pregnant area. So there's sort of like a bulbous area in the pricing of the of houses and in the activity houses. So higher priced homes, larger homes, higher priced homes. There's a huge sort of drop in demand and pricing and very low price or sort of smaller homes, whether it be small condos or small homes, um, they are not as in demand. But the cheaper priced properties in the family segment, there's a huge demand and prices are increasing on that. So it's an interesting dynamic in Toronto and Vancouver. You see this volume is down, prices are slightly up, and there's a big bubble in the middle. Yeah, you know, it's it's incredible. Taking a look at the Vancouver uh, marketplace, I mean, they haven't seen, uh, you know, one of the titles they, they threw out there at us, Vancouver single-family home sales see the weakest April in decades. Mm -hmm. So that's your that's your single detached. But yet, you know, as, as in Toronto, we're bragging about the condominium sales where, you know, the price, price even, even year over year for the Toronto market and the condominium market is still up. And yet, you know, with the latest stats we just received, the detached market, it, uh, it's not faring so well, 14.5% below last year. So anybody that bought this time last year, you know, May 1st closed, um, they're, they're having a bit of a rough ride. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about is, is these higher-priced properties, and they, most of them are actually single-family properties, 
the demand is diminishing. And part of that, I think, is we're seeing all these, you know, new regulations and new rules coming in. The mortgage stress test is taking an impact. There's still demand for people to get into the market, but they can no longer afford these higher priced properties. So what happens? They go to the next best thing. They're going to townhomes. So townhomes are actually doing quite well. You know, four bedroom townhomes in the Toronto area, they're up in price. Uh, versus last year, about 5%, not a huge amount, um, but that just shows you. Three bedrooms are down slightly, 2%, but it just shows you that the demand is there for the townhomes. Whereas, you know, if you look at detached in Toronto, as you said, you know, it's across the board, it's almost 15% down yeah. in terms of demand and price. Yeah. Are you are you feeling much with the new foreign buyer tax? You know, uh, it went up from 15 to 20%. I know your minority NDP government are really pushing taxes right now. You know, the school tax tied the value like they're really it, it just seems like they're going on a rampage um are you fe- feeling much of an effect there uh, we're not and they've actually floated um an idea that rather than just look at taxes now they're going to try and limit the accessibility of foreign buyers to our market so one of the things they're discussing right now is forcing developers and builders so that any time there's a pre-sale that is available it's available to all buyers at the same time because we all know anecdotally that builders and developers are marketing these condos overseas, you know, months ahead of time before Vancouver buyers are able to see them. And, of course, people are angry about that. So B.C. government is looking at taxes. It's not really had the impact they had hoped. Now they're looking at different regulations. Because they wanted to halt that whole exclusive release. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting because, you know, the builders the builders nowadays with, with the increases and now the land development charges are going through the roof. And yet these builders, you know, once they commit to a price they've got to stick to it when they're selling something you know as you know we've had quite an effect in Toronto with the fact that we've got a bunch of builders that are, are that are saying they're not going to complete the project they're giving people's deposits back and yeah. right now in the Toronto proper area they're looking at over a 20% increase and that's for the dollar value of the property so right now development charges will make up almost 25% of the actual cost of a property it is astronomical and it's tough. I mean, I remember talking to a developer and to salespeople for a condo development in the, the Witchwood area, so the St. Clair Bathurst and um, the city. And, you know, we can argue that this is good or bad, but the city asked the developer, because it was one of the new uh, largest condos that went into that area, listen, we want you to pay for Witchwood Farms. And we all know that that's a massive draw to that, that part of the city. It's actually really increased the property values and the attraction of that neighborhood. So is it wrong? Is it right? Is there some benefit to it? I mean, in the end, the people buying those condos, some of them had to foot the bill. Some of them had great lawyers and didn't have to foot as much of the bill, but the developers certainly had to foot the bill. They had to pay for helping develop that area. Yeah. Well, right now, there is the suggestion, and a lot of the builders here are up in arms, obviously, by the huge increases that they're trying to implement. And again, this is only going to push your, your square footage price up on these condos, which is really the only opportunity for first-time homebuyers right now. So I think I think it's going to stagnate some of the yeah. people's ability to buy. It is. And then that's, I mean... The Canadian government, whether it's been federal or provincial or municipal, has the same mantra the whole time. We want to slow the market down, not crash it. And so these small, the small chipping away through, you know, targeted regulations, that's their, their, their goal is, is, is on, to, on point. 
they're actually achieving their goal. Is it helping first-time buyers? No, it's really hurting. And it's interesting to see that in BC, uh, the one benefit we were trying to help first-time buyers, which is that interest-free loan, very few people took it. They just didn't want it. They just wanted to be able to get in the market the best they could. Well, listen, Romana, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I'm going to stay in touch because I, you know, I think I think over the next two months it's going to be very interesting, both in uh, in Vancouver as well as Toronto, of what we see kind of plays out. So you're going to go into the summer slump. So <laughs> yeah, well, and and we'll see. We'll see if we do hit the summer slump or if we're going to still see some pressure. So thanks always for you to join us here on the show. Thank you, Todd. Folks, that was Romana King. And when we come back, I've got Larry Serqua joining me. So stay with me. I'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So joining me in the studio right now is the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, Mr. Larry Serka. He is also the uh, manager at Remax Ultimate Realty uh, Brokerage uh, in the Bayview area. And uh, Larry, thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me today, Todd. You know, you and I, uh, you and I pass, it's, it's kind of funny, when we're at the studio, we kind of pass each other, you know, if we're doing recordings on, exactly. on the shows. I know you spent a lot of time on Ask the Experts, and uh, you were giving a lot of great information. Um, just out of curiosity, I thought I'd, I'd just throw this out there. Uh, when when did when did you pass the gauntlet? June thirtieth. I turned it over to our now president Tim Sirianos, and uh, who happens to also be the owner of my brokerage. He's a great guy. Right. And so July first, he took over. So yeah, it was a yeah. an exciting year. It was great. A lot of learning. A lot yeah. of learning. And also, since you are also a uh, a broker, I, I, yes. I do want to talk to you about today about real estate, of course, because Absolutely. you've spearheaded, you know, the country's biggest real estate board through probably what we saw was the greatest upswing in a very short period of time. So I do want to talk to you about that today. But you know, one of the things I thought I'd, you know, having having you on the on the show was really important. You know, I was talking to my uh, my producer Ian Grant on a regular basis, saying, "Hey, you know, I'd love to have Larry on the show." And one of the things I was hoping you could share with us is exactly how is it that people become the president of a board? You know, uh, I, I don't know if our listeners understand, you know, it's pretty complex. It takes a while. There's a few years. You play a few yeah. different positions. Can you, can, you, can you explain how the entire thing comes about? Sure. I can, well, you know what? I can give you on my own experience. Uh, situation and experience was that back in about 2007, I was encouraged by uh, actually a fellow board member at the time. Uh, Ron Abraham, actually, he, he convinced me, he says, you know what, you always wanted to give back, you always want to give some input, you know, you got a lot, maybe you can add to the board, because instead of complaining about it, then do something about it, kind of step sure. up. That's how I got involved. Next thing you know, you're starting to meet some great people, you're, you're meeting great members of a board that are, you know, candidates, they're, they're also people that are campaigning, but they're volunteers. As a volunteer, it's no different than coaching a ball team or a hockey team or whatever. You give back because you want to help. Yeah. And, that's, and, it's, and it evolves, and then one thing leads to another. Next step, you're going, you know, maybe I should give it a shot. And yep. the next thing, you know, I was, wow, I never thought it would happen. Yeah. Didn't have aspirations to do it, honestly. I was just there as a volunteer. And it just, one step led to the next step. And I tell you, it was the greatest experience of my life to do that and to get back to our members. Being a former president, do you still have your security guards like they do at the White House? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and do people address you as Mr. President? Oh, <laughs> no, no. You know what? The, the greatest thing about anything that revolves around being a, a board member of any board uh, it, it, across Ontario or wherever. But sure. yeah, people, you know, they look at us a different way. But the reality is we're just like them. We're realtors. Yep. Yep. We're in the industry and we want to get back. 
Yeah. And w- one of the nice things is, is the fact of, uh, you know, having so much experience. How mm-hmm. long have you actually sure. been practicing real estate? Yeah. Uh, I basically came into the industry. I registered back in the early 80s, basically 1980, 81. I've been about 36 years in the industry itself. Wow. Um, so I've had all the brokes broke, broke, yeah. <laughs> broker of record, broken records, whatever yeah. way you want to call yeah. it, and brokerages and that, but sure. it's great. So 1981. So let's hop in our time capsule. Let's oh, go yeah. backwards a little. That's a totally different oh, yeah. way of doing real estate back in the 80s. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I, I remember because, you know, I was involved with real estate. I wasn't a realtor yet, but I remember looking at how offers were done. I mean, just yeah. the evolution in the offer process. You know, there was six copies of absolutely everything. There was no... No computers really involved. I mean, you know, everything came out on the hot sheets. Remember the oh my God. The, the Treb sheets that you used to, hey, look, there's a new listing, but you had to go through the sheets. You know what, Todd? This is funny. You're, you're, you're talking about this. A few weeks ago, I was involved with a, a classroom environment, and, and some of the people I was explaining, well, listen, I felt like in my head, I'm going, oh, my God, I'm sounding like that old guy. I go, yeah. what? <laughs> and I go, but I'm saying, well, we used to tear out sheets and put them in clips and this. And I go, oh, my God. Well, we did because it was hands-on. And you're right. Um, Carbon paper. Yeah. Writing on the hood of a vehicle. Typewriters. (laughs) Typewriters. Yeah. People Uh, were were typing offers. Never mind. Typewriters. We had the suction cup with the phone to get to uh, information from the board. Like we had to stick it in a phone and wait for this beep. Yeah. Remember, we didn't have fax machines. They were basically starting. Yeah. And so I know we sound crazy. Some of the listeners are going, what are these two nuts? The reality is it's... It's God's honest truth. It was a whole different ball game. Um, there was a lot more. I would have to say, Todd, and you can maybe uh, maybe agree with this, but we actually knew each other a lot more. Like we actually knew who the players were, sure. right up, straight up. I could call you, and you you knew who I was. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, the membership has grown so much. It's pretty hard to really know everybody. Yep. Uh, but. In a way, I get it, totally get it. Social media will help, I guess, on that. But it, there was a little bit different. Yeah, and you know, one of the one of the things I recognized, you know, back, you know, back in the you know late '80s, early '90s, was the fact that you were dealing with people that you know truly were the area experts. You know, they were so well versed. They knew that. I mean, I I feel they knew every family, every school. They knew all the teachers in the schools. You know, there was so much. I think more connection to it today with the way the internet has evolved Mm -hmm. you know there are agents that swing in from nowhere don't know anything about the area but they're still they're you know representing a buyer you know we didn't we didn't see that same level do you think that affects the the ability for people to negotiate like as a realtor as 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 a broker manager do you think that affects negotiation when somebody comes in from an outer market and tries to represent Uh, somebody that's purchasing in that area you know you hit on something that was uh, an area, like you said, the internet and all this. I mean, it's one thing to gather information and try to dissect it and think that you understand, quite frankly, that whole area. Um, I'm of a mindset thinking, well, I really wouldn't want to get involved personally. For example, my own opinion, I wouldn't want to sell a, a cottage in Muskoka 
because right. I've been born and bred in the city of Toronto. Sure. Um, and I think even though I might know stats on those areas, I might look them up, but I don't really know what goes on there at night. I have no idea what you're, su- you're like, really? I don't live here. I don't really get it. Yep. I'm not knocking it. I think it's uh, it's just the way the market has shifted. Some people have a comfort level. Like you said, there's a loyalty there too with some people. And it doesn't matter what you and I say. Hey, Todd, you might say, I have to use Larry. I know he sold my cottage, but yeah. I have to use him. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that rep, quite frankly, most times says, listen, maybe I can refer you. you yeah, know, I, I, was just, this. I was just going to say, this right? is where the referral part of it comes in. And, and um, for our listeners' sake, and, and also for all the realtors that tune in, because by the way, I, I, I think we probably have one or two <laughs> realtors that might listen to the yeah, show. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I'm always going to encourage people, you know, it's almost better for them to refer so they deal with the local experts. Because as you said, you know, dealing with the Muskokas or, or for that matter, out in Bob Cajun or wherever right. it is, you know, even, look, I even would tell people, look, it, it, if if you're if you're dealing with a local pickering agent and trying to sell, you know they want to do a deal in Hamilton, you know we as you said we can look at all the data, but unfortunately we don't always know the inner workings of what's going on. You know like hey look at that sale it, it went a hundred thousand dollars over asking and and they said it was two thousand square feet. Well that means your place must be worth this, but they don't yeah. always know and and they can't get into the properties they're sold everything else. So it's really hard for people to I think discern the correct answer for some of that. Oh, um, out of curiosity, when when talking about being a manager, um, sure. are are you are you trying to push more towards education nowadays? Because you know, I know a lot of brokerage brokerages are really evolving their education system. Yeah, and interesting, you're asking me this. Uh, I've been an educator uh, for the Ontario Real Estate Association for over 30 years. Right. Um, handling a lot of their uh, registration forms. In other words, the licensing programs um, were given an agenda to follow. But the reality is I I always encourage, even in the classroom environment, that this is just – it's a stepping stone to get that. It's like that driver's license. It doesn't mean you can drive. We're trying to help you. Sure. You know, and I appreciate the fact that education is the best form of always up in your game. But you actually have to use that education. Yeah. So we can go to school, get a lot of, you know, degrees, but did you ever use any of these degrees? Yeah, of Not course. really. As, as a manager, uh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I focus on with the leadership team um, at back at the office, uh, like the Jens and Daniels and these, we sit down and we try to, what do the reps need today to make them successful and yeah. help them? Yeah. What are they missing? What is it that they're not, they're confused about? Yeah. You know, it could be a form, could be how to handle calls, could sure. be even showings, open houses, et cetera. So I love it because they ask. In fact, on the way here today, I was responding to a rep that had a question regarding an agreement and a special clause that they didn't understand. Sure. So I went through that this morning. Yeah. Um, I'm not a working manager. I don't actually want to trade against well, my people as myself. Be- before we go down sure. that road, I'm going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk more about uh, management and sure. also uh, you know what you are currently doing. So folks, stay Thank with you. us. I'll be right back with Larry Serqua. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Larry Serqua. And um, if you recognize the name, you would have heard him right here on News Talk 1010 on Ask the Experts with our uh, with our host there, Ian Grant. He is the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. And uh, Larry, just before the break, you and I were having a great discussion regarding uh, management and some of the programs, I guess, and, and talking to people and talking them through. So let's, um, I, I, I do want to help our our listeners 
have a little bit of understanding about realtors management brokers you know because mm-hmm. you know of course there's this huge uh you know i think idea out there that it's like you go you get a license you go make millions of dollars i mean you know this has always been you know this 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 leading thought that you know oh, if you're a realtor it's a license to print money that is so far from the truth because there are so many things that make up a good realtor yeah. and 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 you i i know you've you've talked about it on on the other shows talking to us about this is very important. You know, if you were, if you're going to take a look, um, what are some of the qualities first and foremost, as a manager, when you're looking at realtors, what kind of qualities are you looking for? Sure, a great question. Uh, first of all, you have to have people that, uh, look, at, at the end of the day, I get people sometimes to sit across from me just like you are now, and uh, they're outgoing, you can hear it in their voice, you know, they're, they're, they're excited and all that, and I go, that's great. We want to tone that down maybe and, and come back to reality sometimes, you know. I go, what is your goals? What's your aspirations? What do you want to do? You know, we have listeners right now that are very experienced reps and then the novice reps coming in, trying to break the ice. Yeah. Um, that rep that sits across from me sometimes will tell me that they have goals. And I go, absolutely fantastic. I would never take away your dreams. But um, let's come back down a little bit and let's let's tune it a bit. You know, fine-tune it a bit to be realistic about today's marketplace and your your what are you bringing to the table type of things. Yeah, you know, one of the, one of the things I I you know I used to I used to do a lot of you know motivational marketing speaking for for our network and all that. And uh, one of the things that I always ask people because they'd say, Hey, Todd, listen, you know, we see your name everywhere. Or, you know, your billboards, your trucks, and sure. this. And, you know, it was crazy. And one of the things that re- you know, new realtors would come up to me and they would say, Hey, Todd, what's the magic bullet? You know, you know, tell 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 me, tell me, what, how how do I become you? And and you know, one of the things I think that people need to understand is that it doesn't happen overnight. First and foremost. Second of all, it's not about the money because as soon as you make it about the money, then you've got the wrong motivation. It should really be about customer service, focusing on doing the best job for the person that you're transacting for. So that's either a seller or a buyer, and 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 people have to understand that there really is two mindsets. You know, well, being a buyer agent is not the same as being a listing agent. You know, you're really, you know, they, and, and really we've seen it, you know, I know people are capable of doing both. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll sell somebody's home, take them out and buy, but you really have to wear two hats in this industry. When you interview people, you know, do you, I, I, and I remember this back, back in the 80s and 90s, people would say, well, you know, all my friends say I should be a realtor because I'm a really good people person and I've watched all the home shows and I really like decorating, so that makes me a good realtor. What do you think when you hear stuff like oh, that? Because that, that, we heard that, right, for years. Oh, God, uh, and more. Yeah. I'm, I, I like going to home, I, I like going to open houses all the time and, I, and people tell me I'm a great talker and I'm going... Okay, that's yeah. great. I mean, okay, I would never. I'm you're, not hired. Gonna, yeah, you're, not, you're, you're hired. Yeah, you're hired. I mean, it's a sad, it's a sad uh, comment, and sometimes when we hear people think it's easy money, uh, and Todd, you know, and I know, uh, and a lot of the listeners know, they're working right now. It's not an easy job. It's a tough job. It's a real job. It's a good job. Sure, but you got to work. Like yeah. anything, you got to work. You got to put the hours in. Um, you actually have to be a, a counselor. You yeah. actually have to be a mentor. Yeah. You actually have to be their financial advisors in some cases. In fact, let's be quite frank. You also have to be there just to hear them talk about something that doesn't even relate to real estate. But yep. you are their go-to person because they trust you. Yeah. They respect you. Well, I think I, I think 
they trust you when you earn their trust. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's a big part of why, you know, here on the show I talk about professional realtors. Okay. And and, and I always I always give this disclaimer and I'm pretty sure you can appreciate it. So if I tell everybody that I believe in professional realtors, people that always look out for their customers first, I'm only insulting the people that don't. Right. Wow. <laughs> and again, you know? a lot of truth to that. You know what, Todd? The reality is this. I want to treat you like you want to be treated. Right. And I want you to treat me the same way. So if we respect each other at the table, uh, I hate to say this, we don't always have to like each other, but you must at least appreciate and respect what I do for a living. Yep. I usually sometimes you see an analogy, and maybe I'm not trying to get anybody out there that's listening to get mad at me, but I may go to a uh, a doctor that I really don't like, but they're really good at their job. Yeah. The ones that jab you and go, really, I'm sensitive to needles, and then they jab you anyway. Sure. You know, just you know, be quiet. You go, they're great, but I, I hate them. Yeah. But they're great. Yeah. But in real estate, you have to be able to have uh, morals, ethics. You have to be respectful that this is somebody's life savings. And huh. that's how I look at it. I'm not looking at, and I'm glad you said it earlier, I do not look at what's the end result my end result is if they're happy buyers happy sellers happy at the end of the day if everything works out and everybody gets theirs then we will be compensated whatever that is yeah down the road yeah speaking of compensation um you know we as uh, in the real estate industry watch 2017 and well 2016 mm -hmm. run up but the 2017 unfold and um you know as a broker manager I'm pretty sure you were watching the numbers come through. So we'll, 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 oh, we'll, we'll, we're, we're taking off your hat as, as the TREB president at that time. Oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about being a broker manager because this is, in all fairness, because, you know, I've, I've been through a downturn market. I watched, you know, my, my, my broker owner uh, turn around and say, wow, you know, we, we, we just have to invest more into our realtors, train them more, give them more of an understanding because a lot of people watch this run up. You know, if, they, if people got their licenses let's say beginning of 15 16 they have no idea when that market turned what they had to do because you know what as as you and I both know some houses were just selling themselves because you know there was such a hot market you know you still had to rep people you still had to make sure the offers were dotted crossed everything correctly but at the end of the day the market was so hot now all of a sudden you get this grinding halt and, and you don't have to endorse this. Thank you, Kathleen Wynn. Anyways, yes. sorry. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you had to change your hat and I think the approach. How did you and your brokerage handle the change? Well, uh, there is, there's um, a problem that un unfortunately evolved around that. And you're right. Uh, interest rates were great. People would just be basically putting in the offers and, and running through the deals as a, as a, as a manager, as a broker, you know, people were just bringing in deals after deals, after deals, after deals. But when times change, things get tougher. The people that were out there that engage regular and did a routine, they go, well, I have to adjust and not everybody can adjust. Sure. They can't. Um, did we lose a few? Sure. Did we gain a few? Sure. It depends on how you look at it. You know, the market shifts. You had to shift. Yeah. You literally had to shift your focus. How do you 
become creative in this industry and keep going. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I saw, and, and this again, um, for anybody that lived in Mississauga, you know, they probably, they remember getting so much mail from me that uh, right now, they, you know, I, I had to replant, you know, a, a couple of countries because I think I owe oh. so much in mailings. <laughs> but, I, but at the end of the day, what we did see was the, you know, the lack of open houses, like literally, you know, like they, everything disappeared, yeah. like, you know, w w with the, the run up, people weren't doing open houses, they weren't doing marketing because they basically said, look, we're going to hold offers one week, we, we keep the price down, all of a sudden we shoot for the sky, and, and it was happening. It was happening naturally. And this is, this is where I think that now that we've watched the market change, you see days on market go up, you see the number of listings go up, you know, you see the number of transactions drop. As a broker, you know, are, are, you, are you creating, and, and I would call it classes, but creating classes mm -hmm. for your staff to say, how do you conduct a proper open house? How do you market? You know, how, how are you now getting this out there? Yeah. What, what's happening, like, what is happening at, at, at the broker level? Okay, at our office, for example, at the Remax Ultimate Office, uh, you know, once, once every couple of days or so, I try to do a follow-up with some of the reps that are, I see regularly coming through the office. So I'll call them in and say, so what's going on? How's it going? Like, what are you finding? Yeah. And like, you know, boots on the ground. Yeah, they're the pulse. Absolutely. And they're saying, well, you know, uh, my clients, they don't want an open house, but they want to have more showings and this and that. So what's happening is, in, 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 for our office perspective, again, depends on the locations you're in too, sure. let's be honest. It yep. depends on the properties, the type of properties. Um, where open houses will work, on a, I'll give you an example. If I'm in the beaches area, for example, down, you yep. know, the Queen Street beach area. Sure. When the weather's nice, people are strolling. Yep. Maybe it is a good time for people doing open houses in that area. Yeah. Where if I'm in another area like the Young Eglinton or whatever, construction could be horrible. Sure. No matter if I want to get to your house, they go, I'm going to try to avoid that like a plague. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of factors that get involved with why we do what we do. But at the end of the day, if uh, a realtors have creatively changed their methods or marketing structures, how have they done it? They actually change what what you're seeing is a few of them get together now the, the, that team concept and yep. so on right which is again kind of the flavor of the months or whatever's going on at that time of the year uh, real estate's evolved uh, immensely since you and I started let's yes. be honest yep you know um, the access to data access to people and some of the actual buyers actually are very picky too they're going well you know what um, can we not see it at seven o'clock at night? Or 6 30 i finished work and i want to do it then yeah so we have to change our lifestyle to go okay you know i might have started work at seven this morning but i'm going to be out again at seven tonight yeah and that's kind of like comes with the territory by the way what is the best way for people to reach you at remax ultimate at remax it's larry at remaxultimate.com real pleasure having you on the show and i definitely uh, will have your return because i do want to talk more with you to be able to give people a better education sure. on how getting into the industry and how you can do it properly. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. So that's it for this week. Uh, great pleasure having Larry Serqua on with me, as well as Romana King. Always a pleasure to talk to the real estate experts. I uh, want to thank my producer, Ian Grant. He always keeps it simple for me. And thanks to you for tuning in. As usual, I'll be back next week, Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.